Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. See this episode's show notes for our unique promo code to get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn when you sign up for a new account. Get your show on Apple and Spotify. Get helpful stats and all the support you need to sound your very best. Hello, world. It's time to open the green door and enter the strongest podcast there is. Twice a month, Russell and I dive into the history of the Incredible Hulk in comics, film, TV, games, and more. That's right, Justin, and we rate and review all the Jade Giants media, good and not so good, with a smash or a gamma clap. And we put on the rant pants when When we we just And join us on Patreon to get exclusive bonus podcasts, prizes, and more at patreon.com forward slash Gamma Charge Hulk Podcast. We will see you real soon, Gamma Beasts. Stay green. Gamma Charge. The strongest podcast there is. Hi, I'm Erica Schultz, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 335. Of course, returning are the high priests of Conchu, myself, Ray and Rebecca. How are you going, Rebecca? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good, good. I'm like, good. It's a different time of day for me, but I'm, I'm pretty good. You're a trooper. <laughs> yes, very much a trooper. Well, Rebecca, you're riding a high, um, a victory, <laughs> England. <laughs> Gotta say, World Cup women's what loving it. What can I it. say? I mean, I, I'm sorry. I think I, the, you know the Matildas did great. Like I, I haven't really watched them much either. That was a good effort. And it was a great game, I thought. And uh, I know that most of them play in England for clubs here. So, and one yeah. of the England teams from Milton Keynes. So Mm-mm. even more. Oh, know. okay, fantastic. Very happy. It's pretty yeah, much. There's a lot of celebrating, and uh, it's always better. It's always good yes. when they do better than the guys. Is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's it. Always happens in Australia. Don't worry. Um, winners are grinners, loony listeners, and I am so happy <laughs> to uh, welcome back. Uh, also, uh, comic book writer, creator, uh, recent and <clears throat> current. Pardon me, uh, writer of a Moon Knight, a Moon Knight story, uh, Erica Schultz. Erica, welcome. Hi. I I just heard the the. You know, Doug Munch put doing the uh, opening. I think that's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, Ray's done really well. He's got us some really cool ones. You'll never know. He might hit you up for one sometime. <laughs> I will. I will happily. I will happily. And people will be like, "Who the hell is Erica Schultz?" No, trust me. Trust me. You know, like Moon Knight fandom is like we know. Like you, you, you can imagine. It's like it's not. Ob- I wouldn't say obsessive, but there's not that much Moon Knight 
in the whole, you know, like the grand scheme of things. So people know, you know, and, you know, not that many women have uh, had a, a hand in Moon Knight. So yeah, a bit more there as well. I will exactly. say this. I'm going to Dragon Con in a few weeks and Sal Valuto's like three tables down from me. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I know. Really? Freaking Ludo. out. My God. That's amazing. That's the best thing about Sal Valuto is he's literally I'm one table in from the corner and he's like across the aisle from me. Oh, across. Wow. the It's even better across the aisle. So you can kind of like. I, well, I told <laughs> I told my friend, I said, when I go and I meet him and I introduce myself, you have to make sure I don't make it, you know, don't like come off as an ass. And he's like, you'll be fine. I was like, no, because look where he's sitting. I will be stuck the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah, you have to make a good impression. And he'll just be like, well, there's that idiot. And the comics people are generally, generally nice and forgiving, you know. That's awesome. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty scared. I'm pretty scared, but jazzed at the same time. Yeah, no, it, it's um, it should be great. I mean, for loony listeners, you would know, of course, Sal Valuto had a hand in some early Mark Spector Moon Knights. Yeah, and uh, and also my favorite run from him was the the Black Panther run with Christopher Priest. I thought thought that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, iconic run. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. We are here, of course, with um, with Erica to talk about her recently released. It's just dropped hot off the press. Uh, a what if issue? <clears throat> what if Dark Moon Knight? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, this episode will have some spoilers. I know it's just been released, but by the time you hear this, hopefully, you would have picked yourself up a copy. Uh, and we have a great opportunity here to dive deep with Erica um, into this. Uh, Erica, before we get into it actually i wanted to kick off with some of the listener questions just because sure. i didn't want to steal any and yeah i didn't want to steal any of their thunder <clears throat> um because they have <laughs> asked some great questions yeah <laughs> uh so i'll lead off here uh the first one and this may be obvious uh, threading fate uh once you do read it but uh threading fate did say did you do any Moon Knight research, like rereading, uh, prior to this story, Erica? And um, absolutely. If so, yeah, which ones gave you like the most inspiration? Um, I've read most of Moon Knight just in general. Um, mm -hmm. I I may I haven't gotten up to date with the Jed McKay, what Jed McKay is writing currently, um, because it's not on the Marvel Unlimited app just yet. But yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've, I read all of Sienkiewicz's work. I read, you know, Don Hack, um, Doug Mensch, um, uh, the Greg Hurwitz stuff. Um, so I had, I really liked the Chuck Sticks and Salvaluto work because the DID started getting really complicated. Like yeah. in the, the mid to late eighties, things started getting really complex and it was just getting kind of like out of hand. And the fact that they just went back, Mark Spector Moon Knight started number one in 89, I think. And I also liked this because Marlene was not a shrinking violet. 
you know, yes. she was kick ass. She started to come into her own a bit more then. Yeah. Exactly. She started having more personality. She wasn't just it's like that that shift in the eighties where we started realizing a bit more about representation as well. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, the same with the DID. It all started to like shift a little bit more into like maybe we shouldn't be writing them like we were in the seventies. And and I think that that's important, and and it was definitely something that you could that you could feel. So this particular issue of what if, um, and I was very lucky to work with Edgar Salazar again because Edgar and I had worked on X twenty three Deadly Regenesis together. So it was great that he was available to um, to work on this with me again, and um, I I really loved the first arc where Ma um, Marlene gets kidnapped and, you know, by Bushman, but she's not just like, oh, poor me. No, she's like arguing with him and fighting. And there's this fabulous scene in issue number three of Mark Spector Moon Knight number three, where she is in this bluish bikini and she's holding an AK <laughs> and she's just like, Marlene's here, lover, because he's like beating the crap out of Bushman, being like, "Where is she? Where is yeah. she?" She's like, "Marlene's right here, lover," and she's like <laughs> shooting people with this gun. And I was like, "Oh my god, sexy woman with a machine gun! It's amazing." So I wanted to get that in. Mm -hmm. So um, I talked to Martin Biro, who was the editor, and I I said I was like, "There has to be a way that we can do this." And he's like, "Well, you know, if you want to base it off of this issue, you know, let's let's see what happens." And I was like, "All right, this is this is my in." And you know, and I gave them a few different scenarios, just generalized. But yeah, once I really honed in on what was happening, I was like, "This is the specific issue that we're going to be referencing. Like, this is yeah. the specific yeah. moment." And Martin actually came up with this great idea of having Kanshu being the sort of Uatu figure in the old what ifs. Yeah, that right. was good. I like that. That works so well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was a really great idea, and I love how um, he's just sort of always in this sort of like full moon cast, you know, you know, um, panel, you know, just sort of like an inset panel and everything. Um, and Edgar did such a fabulous job of not aping Salvaluto, but mm -hmm. homaging, you know, like, okay, so. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, the art is so good in this. And, and what I did was, I mean, I basically like we, we gave, um, we gave Edgar the whole issue mm -hmm. just in general. And then there were specific things that I wanted and I wanted Marlene in the bikini. I will tell you, I have the emails to prove it. I thought, I thought, for Marlene in the bikini. Yes. And uh and the editor was like, no, we can't do that. We're gonna get crucified. And I'm like, I will this is a hill I'm gonna die on. And he's like, <laughs> Well, we're not doing it. She can be she could be in cutoffs and a tank top. I was like, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with you. I actually think you I don't think there would have been a pushback on it. Like I, given, given the rest of the issue, especially. But I I mean like, I like the outfit with the tank top and the, the Yeah, the tank top and shorts, they're fine. But like, I just like have this dream of somebody like cosplaying. I mean, hopefully they will wear flip flops because, you know, convention <laughs> floors are disgusting. Yeah. But like somebody cosplaying like in a blue bikini with like a fake, you know, yeah. machine yeah. gun. I think that would, to me, I would be like, that is like the di like deep, deep, deep dive. 
Um, but yeah, they fought me on, on putting her in a bikini. It was sad. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, is a shame because, like, I, I, I'm right with you there, Erica. I think because I've got in my notes here, it was this issue was very much like a love letter to the 90s, I thought, and, and it really played well on that. And I'm glad to hear that, um, yeah, that, that Salazar's sorry, art is, is a homage to uh, to Valudo's because I very much kind of picked up on that and uh, I just love the whole style of the writing. Uh, so I would have thought like having Marlene in that accurate kind of bikini from the from the 80s, 90s would have been awesome. But um yeah, it was. I, I will say this was the excuse that the editor gave me. And and I say excuse like as a rude way. Martin is, Martin has been fabulous to work with. I, I, I worked with him also on the Moon Knight, Black, White and Blood. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in like a lovingly teasingly teasing way. Um, but Martin said, um, if, if we're changing the story, you know, where Mark dies, then we can change her outfit. And I was like, it's not a good enough excuse. <laughs> I actually, you know what I was thinking? It's funny though, because I was thinking, I was like, should I just ask Edgar, like, should I just commission Edgar to do a commission piece for me of, yes. of Marlene and Mark and have Marlene in the, in the bikini, like with the gun? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I think I just might do that. So Edgar, you're going to be getting an email from me soon. So. <laughs> Um, just also tracking back, Erica, you mentioned about you had some ideas that you were you were um, pitching to Martin before it kind of honed in on this 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 story based on issue three. Um, yeah, uh, what what was the process? Uh, just for those that are curious, was there an expression of interest um, for for writers to to pitch ideas for Moon Knight, or was it something that something that you approached? like Martin saying, Hey, I'd love to write a Moon Knight issue. Um, I had is actually I'm... met, I had met Martin, um, Annalise and Tom Brevoort, um, when I did, when I had written a short for Moon Knight, Black, what Black, mm -hmm. White and Blood. Um, and, uh, and Dave Lopez, uh, lovingly illustrated it. Um, and so, great issue. yeah, issue number three. And that, from that moment, um, I had always impressed on them because I had actually gone after that. Uh, someone had told me that they were going to be doing the anthology and I, you know, just sort of tracked down. I, I emailed one editor and said, I know it's not you. Uh, can you point me in the right direction? And they were kind enough to point me in the right direction. And then I, you That's know, awesome. puffed up my chest and said, Tom Brevard, I really want to write Moon Knight. Please, please, please. Um, and it was like, let's see what you got, kid, kind of moment. Um, so Martin had actually come to me and said, hey, would you like to write any more Moon Knight? And I'm like, would you like 400 cheeseburgers? Because of course. <laughs> and and so, um, so he said, we're going to be doing some What If Darks and we're going to be doing a Moon Knight one. And let's see, you know, let's see a couple of ideas. So, I mean, I had always, I really wanted to work with Marlene just in general, mm -hmm. just because I think that she was an underserved character for a lot of things. Um, yeah. And I think the Mark Spector Moon Knight, um, that that run, well, I mean, it was obviously Chuck Dixon and Sal Valuto that went for like, I wanna say like 25 issues and J.M.D. Mateus and, and Howard Mackey had a bit of a run at it and J.M.D. Mateus uh, wrote some stuff for it as well. Um, but I mean, they really fleshed out Marlene a lot more and, and 
it really made me want to work with her more. So there was a lot, a couple of ideas of like, what if, you know, Marlene was shot in the desert and Mm -hmm. Mark dragged her to Kanshu and she became um, Moon Knight? Or what if, you know, Mark lost his memory and Marlene took up the mantle of Moon Knight? Um, Because, you know, Mark kept dreaming about these weird things yeah. But didn't know what they were about. But it was Marlene who was actually the one who was who's physically doing all the work. Um, and, and there were a couple of different ways that I had done it. There was, I will say this, this is this is a big spoiler. So there was a scene where uh, Spence was a little more involved in, in one of the original drafts. And um, and for those who don't know who Spence was uh, during uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight, Spence was Mark's assistant, sort of, yes. where he was like an art buyer. Yeah, um, I think I think was really... sorry. No, I, it's okay. I was just I was just sorry, but say he's a bit as early as Vista Conchu as well, wasn't he? Spence? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the Mark Spector Moon Knight, he's there's Chloe who's like the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chloe, Chloe, you want to talk about wearing a bikini, Chloe, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. who, exactly. who ends up with Frenchie. Yes. Um, Samuels is sort of here and there in, in Mark Spector Moon Knight, but Spence is, is basically like somebody who's working with Mark and working for Mark and sort of acquiring all these pieces of art. And so there was, we see a, a party that, Marlene is having uh, in Mark's honor, and she's with, and we see Frenchie and Spence and Samuels. Um, but the page before that originally was we had seen Marlene beating the crap out of people, and then it was a nine panel grid that was sort of cross cutting between Marlene um, putting makeup on to. Um, yeah, just putting take. I'm, I'm just getting oh, okay. it, uh, Erica. Just yeah, might as well. Uh, and I, I can't believe I've forgotten about it, but um, it's okay. Yes. So, so okay. Yeah. So if so, we keep going. One more page. All right. So we see Marlene kicking ass. Originally, um, right after this page, instead of seeing her right at the party, we saw uh, there was a you you had it was completely narrated by Frenchie and Spence. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, that's cool. Okay. And the two of them were talking about how worried they were uh, about her. And you saw her putting makeup on and covering the bruises ah, from the fight. Right. Um and everything. And then there was a moment and 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 I know it took up too much time and it's a superhero comic so we needed more action and I get that. But there was a moment before you see her at the top of the stairs. Frenchie, uh, she has that long scarf on. Mm-hmm. Originally, Frenchie was wearing that scarf, and he saw her, and he puts it ah. around her shoulders oh, because she sweet. and says, "You missed a spot." Nice, oh, nice. So, so a, that 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 was the original moment was that, and that's where she had gotten that long pashtouche, uh, that 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 scarf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And that was the original uh, uh, intent behind it was that Frenchie sees her, she, you know, he and Spencer talking and she says, what are you talking about? And then we have this reveal of her looking gorgeous and he goes over and he gives her a kiss on each cheek. And as he does, he sees over, over her shoulder that she missed a spot on her back uh -huh. and he takes his scarf off and he wraps it around her shoulders and yeah. he just whispers, you missed a spot. Oh, that's so cool. I, 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 I got like, you know, just goosebumps kind of listening to because I just love, I love your, um, the way that you portrayed Frenchie as well. And, and just yeah, hearing that Yeah, but I also now, love that sort yeah. of some of the reality of being yeah. uh, a hero without sort of super serum is things like how mm. do they hide the pictures? And especially relevant for women who then have to go to a party. And it's also that's such a nice way of him showing that he's looking after her as well, you know. And, not, but and not he promised sort of and he promised Mark that he would. Yeah, exactly. But he's also just he's not saying don't do it, but he's saying, Here, let me yeah. just help you with a little bit. I just yeah. love it. He's like he's like the um you know, the sidekick or or the companion that just goes about his business, but he has that heart to him as well that yeah like there's this panel here when he's crying we see the death of mark uh here as um as they fly away in the chopper and and frenchy's there he's doing his job and stuff but you know he he feels uh for these people his friends as well so uh yeah really, yeah, really enjoyed i just wanted to show uh just there because we were talking about it there's that <laughs> shot of marlene <laughs> yeah. tank top and uh and jeans cut off or, or shorts there so Awesome stuff. It really opens up awesomely. Uh, is that a word? I mean, the Eric, comic comes know. out quite a good time as well because we're missing all these characters quite a lot. You know, like I mean, I love, love, love the current run. So, um, but it's just nice to be able to see Frenchie and Marlene and just you know go back to that having them as the the sort of Moon Knight crew, even though in case they're in the What If crew. Yeah, it just feels so uh, comforting to see, and and the likes of Samuels as well. You, you yeah. know, the whole kind of uh, network. Uh, but also, I was about to say, Erica, even Bushman, because he has been, I think, consciously avoided um, by Jed McKay. He, he's he's said. Um, so it was good to see him uh, here in his very classic form. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Bushman? Um, I think that he. I think if he's written well, then I think. He can he can be used uh, anytime, but I know that I know he's a problematic character. I mean, a lot of the especially characters of color that were coming mm -hmm. out of the 70s and 80s were portrayed problematically. Um, so I know that I know that he's a that he's there's an issue with using him. I think the the fact that we took it straight from that particular comic, straight from issue number three, I think anchored anchored that. Yes. Um, yeah. And most definitely. And I think that one of the things that I um, that I really loved about what Arif uh, had done, who was our colorist, um, was you know we wanted to make sure that he wasn't. Sometimes he's portrayed as being very light skinned. Other times he's portrayed as being very dark skinned. So yeah, we wanted no, to I make sure that it wasn't like was very good. Yeah, we weren't trying to to like caricature anyone and i like that that later on that you're getting the stuff about sort of stealing stuff from other countries yeah like the, the colonization the, uh, the yeah, artifacts and yeah. things yeah i mean you know it needs to be said more often and 
especially today, as one of our big headlines is someone was caught stealing from the British Library, uh, British Museum. Um, <laughs> to which the only comment you can say is, isn't everything there stolen? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, so it's kind of raised the issue again, but it was quite funny having had that big conversation of people laughing about it on Twitter and then coming to read this um, sort of, at bedtime and go yeah no I mean like it's this it's it needs to be said and I think it also gave an extra um an extra dimension to Bushman that we don't always see because people you know whatever we see him in the comics we know people are always going to go back to the ripping the face off thing yeah and um yeah uh which I've previously said I think shouldn't always be the focus so I it's quite nice to see Bushman being Bushman without without necessarily going back to that. Yeah, I, I just love seeing him in action, you know, and, and we do get both iterations of him. We get the the Burunda, um, you know, Bushman with um, some locks, and then there's a flashbacks um, when Marlene's thinking about her dad and we see Bushman uh, in his other form where he's um, basically, yeah, there he is, uh, more, more classic, classic there as well. So, yeah, I, I like Bushman as well. Um, I, I do see why... I do understand why Jed would say, "Okay, well, let's just take a break from him because he's, he's... well." He's also do, he's also going for much deeper dive, little mm. character. I mean, this is this is kind of he's got a long run to deal with, and this is exactly a sort of perfect one off to go back to. But like I said, we're missing all these characters so much that it's kind of nice to have. Um, I very much like the Jewish funeral as well, by the way. Oh yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, that was oh yeah. Let's uh, let's swing back to that one. That's just because I I'm stuck on that page. <laughs> I've got it open. I'm just looking at all the old heroes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I I went great. through some old West Coast Adventures, and yeah, it's perfect. I will say, for a 30-paged comic, for uh, I mean, I try and keep my scripts like if it's a 30-paged comic, it's a 30-page script. Mm -hmm. But this this was like 48 pages because I was putting <laughs> reference photos everywhere. I had reference photos for every one of them i will say so the photographer is peter parker i thought it might be because every time you see a photographer of the right age but it should be yeah so the photographer yeah. is peter parker and someone asked me about the man in the in the uh military uniform that's frank castle oh awesome right. wow i thought it could that be is so cool because he had yeah. done there were in that run you had him teaming up with um with with uh spider-man and with punisher uh, i want to say he starts teaming up with punisher and i think like issue six of that run mm. um and in the current run he tigra is is there with him in the current run so i made sure that she was there and then you know you have uh, you have Gina and her two boys, and her two boys are young at this point. I mean, yeah, not... I love that as well because I, yeah. I did a double take of them. I was like, oh, that's Gina and her kids, and I'm like, that's so smart. And then and I made sure that there were no flies. I said no flies around Crowley because he bathed for this. <laughs> yeah, but also I like I love that he always looks the same age. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Crowley does not age ever. It would actually hurt if he didn't always look the same age. There's yeah. like something perfect about that. Like you know, I loved it. The shout out I mean, to I yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, well, later in this run when, with Stained Glass Scarlet, mm -hmm. um, Crowley actually gets uh, gets hurt and, and goes into the hospital. And, and I, they it looks almost as if they cut his hair a little bit, but 
<laughs> yeah, I love I love seeing Crowley. A big shout out to Wonder Man in his uh, red and green suit. Um, you gotta yes. love it. You gotta love this. And, um, and in the in the blue with the hat, that's uh, that's uh, uh, Ant Man. Oh, Hank, Hank Pym, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Tigra. Yeah. Like Tigra Tigra. Yes. Sorry, I'm going to do it again. Like, <laughs> go back um, to Greer. Yes, back to Greer. Let's just say Greer. <laughs> um, Erica, I'm going to throw in a question here, uh, again, from one of our loonies. Um, so, uh, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? <laughs> And that's from Anthony Sitko. Yeah, I know, Anthony. Um, (laughs) I would say, I would say 100 duck-sized horses. I would say probably, probably one horse-sized duck because 100 duck-sized horse, I mean, they, they can swarm you really quickly. Yeah, and they've got those stompy feet. Yeah, like, we we know from having cats that if they were standing on you, the weight that that would oh oh god yeah, and if they they'll take out your legs like if they took out your legs and then like you fall it's it it's over they swarm you, yeah. uh, so mm. I would say one horse sized duck. Yeah, because also what's the duck gonna do? Peck at you? I mean, like I don't know. Horses seem like more damaging. Like I don't know. True. Yeah. And- one horse-sized duck, you know, that's a that's like ten meals. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Oh my thinking. god! Yeah, can you imagine the duck oh. orange you could have? Oh imagine that god. hanging hanging in the the barbecue like. Say, that, uh, hanging in the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, no, we're <laughs> getting hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Anthony did uh, have a chuckle himself um, when he sent that to me, uh, but he did send a, a more serious question, and, and he did ask Erica. Um, which I think you've, I mean, you've, you've pretty much answered, but I wanted to um, read this out anyway. Uh, how did you determine the jump off point for the story? Like, you know, issue three of Mark Spector Moon Knight. Uh, but did you always know, uh, this was, I guess, one of your pictures, did you always know Mark was going to die? Uh, and um, it was just a matter of when and where? I didn't always know Mark was going to die. There were times that I was going to have Mark oh, be... Okay. I was right. going to sort of swap Mark and Marlene in terms of um, yeah. what happened in the desert. And then there were times that it was just going to be Mark was going to um, <clears throat> give up the mantle and Marlene was going to take it or maybe Frenchie was going to take it on. Um, but I, I wanted to focus more on Marlene just in general um, because I thought that she, there were so many times that she was written as a damsel in distress, but then in this particular run specifically, she was written as spunky as hell. Like there's literally a, a scene in, I want to say issue number 10 or 11. Is that the trial of Mark Spector? Oh no, it's it's uh, before the trial. Uh, okay. Before or after? It might be after the trial of Mark Spector. But no, it's after because um, it's after he got stabbed by stained glass scarlet and he was in a bad way. Right. And and he was healing. So Marlene is now in in this run. Marlene is flying the moon copter. Um, she goes to pick him up from something and he opens the car door and her gun is there. He's like, you mind moving the cannon? 
because she's got this <laughs> big ass gun because yeah, yeah. Marlene like is no bullshit, excuse me, in this yeah. in this run and I wanted to make sure that you saw that she was capable. And even in the the specific version even in this specific issue um as Chuck and and Salvaluto had done it, she is, you know, kicking ass and taking names. Um so if you read the real Mark Spector Moon Knight number three, you know, bikini or not, she is like kicking ass and karate chopping people and, you know, doing all the things. I think you're right. I think that is the run where I really cemented my love for her. Yeah, I, I remember it, it actually, uh, Erica, um, I remember the, the trial of Mark Spector, that arc. And I think Marlene and Frenchie, Marlene is like driving a Jeep through the jungle and she's she's storming yeah. through to to save Mark. So that, that kind of stuck with me. Like, yeah, this is like a full on action flick, and she just does, doesn't care. Like, you know, she's just going through soldiers. Uh, it was really good, really good to see. Um, there's, um, there's the one, there's an, uh, I almost said episode, there's an issue where Frenchie is, um, <clears throat> he is infiltrating a white supremacist group, and uh, Marlene is kidnapped. And he turns and Frenchie tries to to help her, but she ends up helping him. She ends up being the mm. one to like take the shot. So yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It, it is good that um and and Rebecca, as you're saying, it is a sign of the times, I guess, around the late eighties and stuff. They're, they're starting to, I guess, realize that that you can actually do these with um with female characters, which is really cool. Yeah, which is I funny mean... to me because we had Scarlet and Lady J and Covergirl. In GI Joe, you had Princess Leia in 1977. Yes. You had the Bionic Absolutely. Woman. Yeah, right, but I think they were like. I think I think I guess because she was introduced more as a sort of not as a sidekick but as a girlfriend. Yeah. Um That it was less seen that that would be the step up. Like you wouldn't want them over, like I, you know, doing anything that would mean your single male hero was less competent, kind of thing. And they sometimes are that. <laughs> no, they. I mean, look, we all know that in reality and and in, and in comics. I mean, yeah, look at Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Um, like, Looking no, at you, I mean, Clint. Yeah, yeah, we'll always, yeah. always look at you, Clint. But do you know what I mean like so? But it it does make it more remarkable when it happens. And also, Marlene never really had the superhero sort of thing yeah. attached, or so. And and so so getting back to the the comic i think um so there's like two things that i've always wanted to happen in moon knight and i won't say what the other one is because you're a writer and we shouldn't be talking <laughs> story ideas generally i appreciate um, that um but one of them was always to be what if someone had the avatar of raw well um, i'm glad i'm glad i made that i'm glad yeah. i made that happen i mean like i i Obviously, I didn't envisage it this way, but I think this works perfectly. It was always more like, what if that was his, um, one of his uh, adversaries or somebody that he had butted heads with, at least. I guess not an adversary because, but um, because obviously Sun and Moon and like, why has no, no one ever gone there before um, or not as much? And that's kind of where when we did the Bemis thing and we had the Sun King, it's like, oh, is that where we're going? Um, and never quite went there but this kind of did it in so much nice uh, uh, you know one of the ways that I had not thought about which I think is one of those things where it's so great to see you know like you bring someone who actually is a professional for this um, and and throw them at the same kind of ideas and and that's why 
I think it underscores why you shouldn't necessarily like be always, you know, oh, hey, I've got this great idea. Um, sometimes it's nice to just see it happen. Um, and, you know, it, it, other things happened in, in Black, White and Blood that I thought about. But this one was a very, it, it was done. So I, I liked her. I liked the name, Luminary. It was all everything about it. So I just wanted to say thank you because uh, I think it worked really well. And, well, uh, thank you for reading it and thank you for enjoying it. I mean, I will say I, I racked my brain about the name. I went to. I can imagine. Like, I went to the Marvel. I went to the Marvel Encyclopedia and I was mm. like, looking up every, like I was going through looking up every name and then I was like, oh damn, this encyclopedia is from like 2015. It's, you know, it's already several years old. Now I got to yeah. go to Marvel Wiki and everything. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, using the thesaurus and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was happy with it. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's a really good name. Yeah. And, and again, not one that, springs to mind when you think oh this is in a moon knight comic so are we going to call her the sun whatever and it's just it's nice to 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 have a bit more thought go into it than that i should say you know because we'd have all taken it at that but you know this is i i really like the name luminary and there's almost a kind of a little bit of regret like it would be nice to spend a bit longer with that you know <laughs> well i mean tell 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 marvel maybe uh yeah maybe they'll give me another maybe i'll do a luminary alternate world like multiverse oh, that would be great i'm gonna email them tomorrow trust me <laughs> well i say tomorrow is tomorrow for me so when i'm having my next break from work um and like going oh what shall i do now like, what can i do now to cause mischief in the world it'll be like oh i need no marvel <laughs> Well, I mean, it is good, and and going off what Rebecca was saying as well, Erica, really, really enjoyed it. I think um, what was really satisfying for me was that it, yeah, it wasn't just a, a an obvious clear cut. Just here's a polar opposite. Here's you know the the avatar of Ra. There are so many similarities between the avatar of Konshu and the avatar of Ra as well. There's like a, a a blurring of the line between the two. It's not necessarily Ra's like all happy and, and fun and, and loving. Um, there, there's there's that sort of, yeah, so I, I loved how they, they were, um, you know, although they're contrasted, um, they very much are of the same mould too. I also love how the suit colours work with both. That is, that is um, Edgar went to town. Uh, he sent, <clears throat> oh, God, close to a dozen different designs. Cool. Uh, style designs and such. Um and it was it was really amazing. And you know, some of the colors color schemes were like reds and you know oranges and like more blondes. And then other color schemes were um, you know closer to the gold that we had. But then there's so many different versions of gold you can have. You can have like a brownish gold or a greenish gold and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, we really we we just sort of like looked at everything and we're like, we like this. Um, we, we love this, the design, the design was pretty much close from the beginning. It was pretty much close to the final design. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of like color schemes is, is, you know, are we going to keep the bodice mostly white like mm -hmm. Knights? Um, and, and because of that, it, it was, it even gave me the ability to, to, you know, throw in a snarky line from, from. Bushman being like, did you make that out of Mark's outfit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I loved. Such a nasty vibe. I love it. <laughs> exactly. No, it's great. I love the accessories too. Like, I guess the the glowing the hands and and towards I the love end. The powers. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
these uh for those oh yeah her her truncians of light yeah yeah Yeah. so cool and well i mean if we're going to go all the way uh towards the end how she kind of disposes of bushman um that was a that was a surprise too and i really enjoyed that um because yeah i mean for all intents she was she was getting beaten up and i I loved again how salazar shows you can see the bumps and bruises on her face uh, as you you kind of zoom in um but yeah really really cool so um just uh, also wanted to mention as well, Erica, and as you know, Looney listeners, uh, Black, White and Blood um, had come out as well. I've got my Treasury edition waiting to be picked up. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to read it. Oh. Like, again, oh, yes. reread You're it. like the slowest people to buy that Treasury yeah. edition. <laughs> Me and Ray, like, literally the last people in the group to pick it up. Because like, we're like, we've got the single issues. We'll be fine. Like, no, well, the no, other thing, it. the Treasury edition is huge. I know. It I is can't huge, wait. But I the thing wait. is, so the reason that I finally bought it, because I was always going to buy it. It was never a question of it. I suddenly saw they had advertised a normal size version of the trade oh, really oh, okay yeah yeah right. it's on forbidden planet um and i was like because i was doing my normal like what moon knight if i miss you just do a search for moon knight everything comes up that's how i found that moon knight versus werewolf by night as well by the way um so i was like oh it's the normal size and i was like oh does that mean they're gonna stop printing that means that does that mean then they're, they're running out of treasury editions and they're not gonna redo it and i was like better buy it better buy it so uh yeah that's what, what i will say it. this so in the treasury edition my name is misspelled <gasps> oh no is it Oh. I mean, yeah. collect item, but yeah, that's bad. So I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping because I haven't seen the uh, regular sized uh, advertised. Right. But I do hope that in the regular sized version, my name is I not misspelled. Well, I should. Well, I mean, surely. I can't remember what I'm going to have to see if I can find it. Moonlight. Yeah. Oh, I mean, while Rebecca is uh, looking for that, Erica, I wanted to ask actually as well with the black, white, and blood. And with that story there, which um, you came on to the show, everyone's like one one of everyone's favorites, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. But they were so different, the two stories. So the one in in Black, White, and Blood um, focused in on, and and you touched upon it earlier before, Erica, about you know the identities, and that was so cool with Dave Lopez, uh, and this one obviously harks back uh, to Mark Spector, Moon Knight. Uh, what were some of the the challenges of, of you know, approaching those two stories? Um, what, what were some of the inherent char- challenges, I guess? And, and um, what were some of the, um, I guess, satisfying aspects of it? I, I guess for, for this one, it was uh, getting to, to write uh, Marlene, right? I mean, um, you mentioned how... No, sp- specifically getting to write Marlene and, and definitely a, po- a, a positive for both experiences was um, working with the working with Martin, who was really a very good editor to work with, and Annalise uh, and Thomas uh, and Tom Brevert were on the um, the uh, short the with uh, Dave Lopez. But working with Dave and working with uh, with Edgar and Arif were really um, those were definitely positives. In terms of 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 how it was different between the two, I mean, I had literally three times. The amount of real estate for the what if True. you know i had 30 yeah. pages yeah, yeah. versus 10 um and both of them uh, both of the stories you know kind of had to be standalones but in terms of the what if i felt with the what if we really had to anchor it to something that that had previously existed because if you read the original what ifs um they literally start out 
almost panel by panel from another issue. Like the first two Mm, pages are basically um, recreations of the original issue um, that they're, that they are going to take a twist from. And especially like, if you look at like the fantastic four, what ifs um, and things like that. So I, I wanted to to do that. I wanted to, like I said, not. I mean, Edgar obviously wasn't, you know, aping uh, Salvaluto. I mean, he was he was taking what Salvaluto had done and using that as inspiration and making sure that the styles were the same. But he was still doing his own thing. Like he wasn't going panel by panel. Yeah. Um, yes. I think the closest thing yeah. was that and, first page. Sorry. Sorry, well, I was going to say, like, the closest thing was that first splash page to what was actually in uh, 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 Mark Spector in number three. So that first splash page is is probably the closest to, you know, composition-wise as the original. Um, but aside from that, I mean... I wanted to make sure that this was specifically anchored like in like an original type of what if uh, specifically anchored in a story. Um, so that was a bit more challenging that and that and, you know, you have to. But I mean, doing 10 pages versus 30 pages, they each have their own challenges, too, because that's true. You know, yeah, you have to fill up 30 pages. But like I said, I mean, I had two extra pages that I had that whole sequence with Frenchie and Spence and everything. You know, what was I going to cut? you know, to make sure that those came in. So, I mean, I knew that, like I said, you know, it's a, it's a, a a comic about superheroes. We need more ass kicking. So uh, I know I had to, to cut that like real tender moment, but you know, it happens. Um, I I have it in my heart. (laughs) We we all now have it as a special extra. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, I would, I would love it for there to be this like, you know, I, I, what I do basically is like keep like a Google docs of like outtakes of things mm. because oh, nice. um, I can always like what, even if it's just like a line of dialogue or something, especially when I was working on Hollow's Eve, because I did seven issues with Hollow's Eve. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of had like outtake lines that I would have either for her or Spider-Man or Ben um, that I would, you know, if I was sort of racking my brain for something, I would go to that and be like, oh, you know what? I took that line out of, you know, issue number three of Hollow's Eve. I can stick that into the Halloween special or, you know, or I could stick that into yeah. the ASM annual. So, I mean, I have my, my, I, I keep all the drafts. So I have my, my outtakes of, uh, of the Frenchie Spence and then, you know, Frenchie having that, that lovely interaction with Marlene. I, I, I have that scripted. Um, so it's, but I mean, I was just going to say, so each, I mean, each one has its own challenges. Mm, yeah. Oh, no. I, I, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, certainly that, that more um, compact format with Black, White and Blood, we, we, um, we touched upon that as well, I guess, when we had you on last time about just the, it, it's a different beast in itself, like, you know, how, yeah. how you pace it and stuff. And, um, but it is always very comforting to hear that uh, the writer of Moon Knight Tale, you know, you know, you've got a wealth of information, you know, especially for this one. You had like you mentioned 48 pages or so, and it's all about trying to streamline it. So there's no shortage. And of, if everyone um, writes into Marvel yeah. and gets a AU miniseries of uh, Luminary, then I, who knows? I would love, I would love, love, love to do a Luminary moment. miniseries. That would um, be amazing. Back to Black, White, and Blood. Yes. Um, 
is due out on the 2nd of January. Okay, so the uh, so the, the uh, regular version. size. The regular size. Okay. The only reason I realized it was regular size is because it's only twelve pounds, and I was like, going, okay. "That's not the right. treasury." So, yeah. <laughs> That's so, yeah, um... I don't know what it really. It might be like eighteen pound over there, but for here, I think the treasury edition is like twenty five dollars. Yeah, it was twenty five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a yeah. It, it was it was a bit of a. It was a bit of a stretch when I picked that up. I was like, "Ooh, do I get a discount?" I wrote one <laughs> of the stories. Yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. You look, yeah. Here's my card. You know, I'm on. I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. So that's according to that's according to Forbidden Planet. Anyway, there there the, the, the does appear to be a cheaper one, so I assume that's a normal sized version. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if you if you saw. I had actually when I was at Forbidden Planet in London with one of my close friends, uh, Fiona. Oh, I know. I got. Oh, you know Fee? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good friends. So. I lo- she I told love- me off for telling you that, not telling you that last time, and I was like, oh, "Well, you know, it didn't really come up." In you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, we were together. We had just had lunch. We were up in Camden, and we were going all over Hell and Creation, and um, she, we we went to Forbidden Planet, and mm. she says we, we we go in, and she's like, "Oh, let's go downstairs and see if they have some of your comics, and you can yeah. sign them." And they were they carded me. They asked for ID. They wow. uh, the wow. manager came over. It was this like whole thing. And 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 she's like pointing to my driver's license. Yeah. And I was like I like I had my driver's license and my passport out and everything. She's like pointing to the name and then pointing to the comic. She's like this person is that person. <laughs> That's and so she's much. like why can't? And then she's like well, I can just see her face as well. Like so yeah, exactly. And and it was this it was this funny thing of like you know well you know we just don't want just any random person signing their names and we looked at each other we're like is there is there like some like vigilante with a sharpie like running around comic shops gonna, just signing gonna, random yes, comics I'm gonna suggest it to me now so next time we go we just randomly try and sign a comic go for it do <laughs> it I mean why not causing trouble because... Rebecca. Apparently, <laughs> there is some vigilante running around, like signing comics. Like, that would actually make quite on. a funny comic. So, um, but you know, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, Erica, are, are we allowed to ask? Uh, just with uh, you mentioned, like you keep a lot of the drafts, and and you mentioned that you had uh, multiple pitches to to Martin when it came to um, to Moon Knight. Was that all sp- specific for? The what if Dark Moon Knight, or did you have other other stories that you like to tell or, or explore with Moon Knight that you've kind of drafted? I mean, or? oh, I've I I had started pitching Moon Knight back in like 2014, 2015. Um, I had a Moon Knight mini series that I had pitched, um, and at the time, the editor was Jake Thomas, and uh, it, it it was it got up to the finish line. It it almost crossed the finish line. Unfortunately, it didn't. But I mean, I had always wanted to be wanted to work on Moon Knight. Uh, Chris Campana, who is a fantastic artist and friend, who's actually doing um, Ghost Rider now. Ah, okay. Chris and I back in 2019, we pitched a Moon Knight uh, miniseries, and it was funny because we were. Um, we had flown, we were flying back from the convention and we were sitting on the plane waiting and waiting and waiting and he was sketching and then they took us off the plane and it was this like whole insanity of like the flight got delayed till the next day and all this other stuff. But like, we were just sitting on the plane talking and he was like sketching while we were talking and, and, and 
there was a moment during the convention that was obviously when we were leaving, but there was a moment during the convention when we were sitting on the floor in the lobby of the hotel until like 2.30 in the morning and people were like stepping over us to get to the elevators. And we were just like sitting on the floor, just like jamming about, about a Moon Knight um, miniseries and everything. And, and we like wrote up this whole pitch and everything. And when, before I knew that David Lopez was assigned to draw the Black, White, and Blood story, I had floated Chris's name and I sent along um, the sketch that he had done for the miniseries that we uh, that we pitched. Um, and uh, and I think that they had wanted to work with somebody who, at the time, had had a little more experience, um, because Chris has done a lot of indie stuff. Uh, but he hadn't really done, I mean, he had done covers for mainstream for like uh, some IDW stuff, but he had not done a lot of sequentials for more mainstream stuff at the time. Right. Um, so I think they wanted to go with somebody a little more established. Um, so I, when I emailed him, I said, I'm really sorry. Um, they assigned me an artist. And he's like, okay, well, he better be good. And, you know, I mean, like in, in a smart ass kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I said I was like it's David Lopez and he's like yeah I can't he's like yeah I I, I can't beat that so <laughs> he's like yeah I, I I will bow down to David Lopez yeah yeah well I mean Chris Campagna is, is no slash for those that want to check out his work as you said Erica uh, Ghost Rider it, it's fantastic it's really good um, yeah, yeah so, I, I I told yeah. him I was like congrats man this is I mean long time coming yeah. but you know you've you busted your ass for it but but really congrats and he's like yeah maybe someday we will do our moon night I was like I'm still holding out hope I'd love yeah. to work with him again yeah oh, so many so many stories from moon night you can tell so um <laughs> you know um are, are there any other like I mean so you you've, you've uh, approached the um, the Egyptian side of things, and again, Black, White, and Blood. We had uh, the identities. Um, have you got any any um, cool ideas or any appetite for? Because there's so many different sorts of Moon Knight for, like you know, the supernatural, like horror Moon Knight. Or I, I'll be honest. I was actually uh, I I enjoyed the Werewolf by Night show with uh, Ella well, with a uh, Bloodstone. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um. I I kind of wish that there was even just the slightest hint of Moon Knight in it. I know that they did that they had uh, Man Thing, which was great, but I would have loved to have if to have just had this the slightest hint. Yeah. Of Moon Knight somewhere. Yeah, we were looking for it as well um, with Jack <laughs> with Jack Russell. Um, but uh, but I mean, I I'm the per of personal belief that basically every story is the same and what makes it unique is the characters so like you could tell any story with moon knight you just make it a moon knight story um i mean i'll be the first one person to admit this i don't know if i've ever admitted this before so this might be a scoop for you um but when i when i wrote daredevil in 2018 and marcio takara was the fabulous artist on it the story that i pitched was actually uh, part of that story was actually based on a Batman story that I had written for Scott Snyder's class when I was uh, in DC's uh, New Talent Showcase. Um, so I had written a Batman one shot about a, a paramedic who uh, ends up being collateral damage to uh, to Batman fighting um, uh, fighting Joker, and 
So that piece of that, being a paramedic dying and being collateral damage is part of the Daredevil story because Misty Knight's partner, mm-hmm. her husband was killed in a fight between Daredevil and and uh, Bullseye. So that little piece I, I threw in there. So I think that there's ways to to tell any story with any character. But then once you have the sort of the, the the base skeleton, then you when you start adding on to it, you you make it more specific to that character. Yeah. I, I heard a similar story. I think that was the same with Craven's Last Hunt, if I'm not mistaken, with JMD Mateus. He has said as well that he had a story that that story was I, I believe it was Batman. Um a story that he he wrote and he yeah, he kind of fashioned it uh, for Spider-Man, like you, you kind of use that. It's on. It's on record. I think you said that. So um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make things up. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And it's yeah. just like you said, like a, a good story is a good story. And uh, and it, it, I think I think the skill is uh, is so that when people read it, they don't like, oh, that feels like a Batman story. Mm, yes, Do you know what I mean. Right. It's like so you can't see the seams, and you, and that's the skill. That's the the skill of the writer is 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 recognizing where the where the core of the idea versus the flavor that the character set that you're using brings to it um and i think you know sometimes it's done more successfully than others but um uh you know often it's done very successfully uh, well i i i thank you for any comparison to james dumateus because he's I, I i i mean i i i've read a lot of his work but but um it's funny because when I was working on Hollow's Eve, the character of Janine Godby was originally created in the Lost Years, which was JMD Mateus and JRJR. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, I've I've done a deep dive into into his work in the in the last you know year and a half um, for for this. And then when I was rereading the Mark Spector Moon Knight, he had a mini, he had a a five or six issue arc. Uh, he'd written um, uh, about stained glass scarlet. Yes, yes, yeah. Scarlet we, Redemption. We did, I think one of the first sets of uh, when we when so we started doing the podcast around when the Lemire run was coming out, mm-hmm. um, and then when me and Ray were going back to do sort of classic runs, I think we sort of honed in on all the stained glass scarlet ones. I was like, I want to do all of uh, all of the stained glass scarlet, please. Let's do all the uh, all my. You know, it's very easy when you get to pick all your favorites. But um, yeah. I also think I was just saying to Ray before before you came on that it's kind of lovely that this issue got the Marvel Remembers John Romita corner box yes. and stuff because it actually looks really nice. I mean, it looks, number one, it's kind of nicer than the, the Stan Lee banner that they did, which was fine, but had some dissonance on some covers, looked a bit weird. Um, was this one, I didn't even notice it at first. I went, oh, it's a, it's, it's a really nice, we've gone back to the corner box style and then to have the, the memorial as well. Is uh, it just makes it a little bit more of a special issue. I I I didn't see that originally until I saw an actual physical copy of it. Because yeah, okay. yeah, I imagine right. that that was something that didn't happen immediately, but it it looks really good. Yeah, because when you go into previews, uh, or if you go into um, uh, if you go into previews world or even the the magazine, it it doesn't have it in mm. the corner box. But I, I like the corner boxes. If you if you've ever watched uh, Mark Brooks's videos on Instagram, he's doing a whole thing about 
doing corner boxes and stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, I love yeah, I love yeah. his art as well. Yeah. And Erica, you should um shouldn't feel any less about being compared with James D. Mateus. You know, you we <laughs> we love your work. You're yeah, excellent. Actually, um you know, and I don't want to put you in any awkward positions as well, but where uh, we've been speculating because Jed, it, it, his run seems to be will be winding down soon, um, and we were we were tossing around who who would like to see as Moonlight Riders, and you're and in you're, the running. For you're us. in the running. Yeah, there. Um, yeah. So uh, very highly regarded. Uh, so yeah, hope, hopefully we can get you back for more Moonlight. I mean, you know, we just love love your your tales. It's good. I, I would I would love to be back on Moon Knight uh, in in any capacity, whether it's a luminary miniseries or just writing Mark or hell, I'll write a story about Frenchie. Like I'll oh, I'll write oh, God, I would good. love a story about Frenchie. Yeah. You know, Mark's I'll I'll good. I'll do I'll do any of it. Just you know, I have I always joke, I say I have a mortgage and two very old cats that are on lots of medication. I need the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Luminary. Loonies should have a cat. No, I'm just kidding. Loonies, <laughs> make sure you write in. Uh, Rebecca's going to yeah, do it. In. I'm going to chuck something. You write into Marvel. Um, just let them know that how much you love uh, What If Dark Moon Knight. And uh, let's see if we can get, like, yeah, like a Luminary series. That'd be great. I'm just going to, I'm going to duck in to say, like, what I think is, like, number one, this comic by our, you know, by the community so far, from what I've seen, has been incredibly well received. Mm. Um, which is very funny because when we saw the original solicitor, I think people were like, oh, Moon Knight's dead again. You know, like, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to admit that was kind of, not that I, because, you know, after Black, White and Blood, I, you know, you, you have a lot of, uh, you know, I was like, no, I really want to see because Erica loves the character. Um, you know, I really want to see what happens. But like, you know, it, when you get one of those, oh, Mark Spector's dead again. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so, that was the whole thing is Marlene says to Kanshu, yeah. you could have saved him again. And you right. yeah. yeah. No, but that's why I really love that from anything you could, I always love it when you like get something like that and, and you buy it because it's Moon Knight and you're like, I have no idea. It's a what if it could be anything, you know, and, and then, and it's just, it surpasses sort of um, what you imagine. Cause that's like when somebody's taken something and just made it better and um like so i mean the first reaction we got was from someone on discord who said it was fantastic i hope we see more of luminary in the future that was the first thing i heard of it and i was like oh okay cool because i'd already seen from the preview i think we saw the luminary so i kind of knew that was happening um uh so it wasn't a spoiler don't worry i mean it was in the spoiler thing so it was my fault for reading it but uh, it was really nice to see one of the sort of big time sort of fans come in and just say oh it's fantastic and just go okay i'm happy now like you know i know that i can i you know i was always pretty happy about it but solicits are such a weird thing cuz sometimes they're like great but most of the time i don't really need them to be honest yeah. <laughs> I, and it's and i'll be honest it's very strange when it comes to to the solicits because sometimes the the editors will ask you to write the little blurb and then other times the editors themselves will be writing it so uh, it, if they come to you and, and ask you for the blurb, it's literally a book that you probably wrote, a script that you wrote six months ago. So then you're like, okay, well, let me go back and reread yeah. this <laughs> to, to figure yeah. out what the blurb is going to be because, you know, I've written 15 other things since then. Right. And it's yeah. not in, 
it's not immediately in your mind and yeah yeah um erica i just want to thank you so much for, for coming on to the show uh it's it's well, always a pleasure having, having you on um yeah i've always tried to find uh, an excuse to to have you on <laughs> since the first <laughs> time we had you on uh, i had these grand plans rebecca knows about a game show um for one of our kind of milestones no if if Ray mentions game shows, just say no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I had, during lockdown, I had a lot of fun on a game show with, like, it was me, Fred Van Lenty, uh, and Crystal, and Dean Haspiel, and a couple of other people. We did, like, an online game show, like a trivia game show. Yeah, yeah this was a Moon Knight trivia one Ray did for one of our things, and I was terrible at it. You would smash it. No you, would memory. you would smash it, Erica. Well, that's the thing is, I think that I would smash it, and then I would embarrass myself. And then the next <laughs> thing on social media, fake fangirl. He put in a question thing. just for me. And luckily, I realized just at the right time <laughs> yeah, exactly. that this was about my favorite Moon Knight outfit. Yeah. So, which is, you know, like, so um, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I was sweating there. Back. I was sweating there. Yeah, for a I was. I was like, I'm going to be terrible. They're all going to mock me for being it's like, oh, girls reading comics. And it's like, no, I'm just old and I have no memory anymore. <laughs> um, so. Um, but that but, was fun, yeah. Yeah, but Erica, hopefully we'll have you back again. Hopefully I can, I can get a game show happening with, with you on it as well. Um, but before we let you go as well, is there anything that you'd like to you, – you're writing a slew of stuff at the moment. It looks really exciting. Um, uh, any titles you'd like the loonies to, to know about? Um, well, aside from the Moon Knight Black uh, – Moon Knight What If that just came out today, but it's the podcast is going to be out in a few days. So hopefully you've picked it up. Um, uh, in, there's going to be a, another short that I'm doing that's going to be announced probably next week from Marvel. Uh, I'm doing, it's not Moon Knight, but it is another one of my favorite bucket list characters. Um, there is the Daredevil gang war that's going to run from December to March. And I'm really excited. Sergio Devia. Uh, is penciling it. Sean Perkins is inking it. And I believe Celia Dela Cruz is the colorist. I'm not entirely sure. But the pages that have come in, I have already told Sergio that I'm going to go broke because I want to buy everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really excited about the Daredevil. There's a couple of other things that are going to be announced. Um, not Marvel related. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's okay. Be announced at New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm a little nervous because the Marvel panel that I'm supposed to be on is around the same time as this other panel. And I, kn- I know what's going to happen is I'm going to literally end up sprinting between the two panels oh, and no. showing up like, <laughs> uh, like sweaty Jody and panting. had to do that at, at San Diego. Yes. Just like that's run gonna be into me. a panel and say, I'm really sorry. Like, yeah. That's that's going to be me. I'm going to be like, <gasps> I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. To um, be honest, it, it, it's, I think it's quite good because it means you get to make an entrance. Oh. <laughs> that's, well, you have to I see it that say, way. I get to make an entrance. I will say this other this other panel, uh, not the Marvel panel, but the other panel, the person that uh, that would be running this panel makes an entrance just by their pure their mere existence so i don't know if i could ever stand them up cool like, I, like I don't know. it's worth trying though you know i don't know i don't know it, it's a tough sell on that um but yeah i'm um, i'm it, yeah. i'm on all of the social medias because there's four thousand of them now <laughs> yes 
<laughs> so I'm I'm everywhere. I'm blue sky and threads and all the things. So it's either Erica Schultz 42 or Erica Schultz writes. Um, and yeah, um, people want to go to my website, ericaschultzwrites.com. I've got tons of books there. I've got my image work. I have Marvel work. I have work on, uh, you know, any other stuff that I've done, Red 5 and Dynamite and DC and things like that. So yeah, I got two old cats and a mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, not the, the mortgage and the two cats, but everything will be in the show notes. Um, (laughs) Um, there'll be links there for you listeners to to check out. Yeah, Erica's stuff. She's doing some great stuff. Um, I'm yeah, looking for uh, loving Hallows Eve, um, amazing Spider Man Annual. I know, uh, and and you mentioned as well X twenty three Deadly Genesis. Um, some great stuff. Um, Marvel side. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, pick up your copy if you haven't already. Loonies, um, go check it out. Um, keep your eyes peeled on our social medias as well for, for next issue or next episode. Oh God, I get the mix up as well. Um, but <laughs> uh, well, once again, thanks Erica, Rebecca, it's always a pleasure. Yes. Good to speak to you again. And uh, next time it'll be soon. It's like, there's so many moon night issues. This I month. Know. It'll be like next week or something probably. I think so. they're double shipping. That's why uh, we have like, there's four issues out this month. So yes, um, I want more. With, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Probably for next because I'm I'm including City of the Dead and this and yeah, yes. everything and the else. Annual, I don't there's an annual out the, as well. The annual, that's yeah. the other one, the annual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that, everybody have a good week. And as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.